0: Thanks for listening to the Benefits Breakdown. Stay tuned until the end of our next episode titled A CEO's Perspective on Employee Benefits and Retention to Receive a Code for Sherm Credit. Enjoy the episode.
1: Hello, hello. It's Vanessa Longnecker here with my colleagues.
2: Hey, Jared Volka, with you.
0: Hey, everybody. Adam Compton. Excited to kick off 2022 with everybody. It's great to be with the team today as we go into a lot of fun, exciting things.
1: Happy New Year, indeed. As we kickstart our latest edition of the Benefits Breakdown, we, not unlike most employers, are excited about the path ahead. At Brown & Brown, we're going through our brand unification, and we're on with many of the trends we're seeing in the marketplace as we look to simplify and expedite the delivery of content in a very complex, dynamic, busy world. We're here today to talk a little bit about our 2022 trends to watch, and there are many indeed. But we'll kickstart the conversation and look to give some perspectives that may be beneficial to all of you listeners on the line as you're thinking about your road ahead for 2022 and beyond. Now, certainly, we cannot deny the biggest right elephant in the room here that we're faced with a series called the great resignation in today's marketplace, right? We've got a lot of moving pieces here. We have a lot of folks rethinking what they do, how they do it, what they love, whether or not they want to make a change. And employers truly are faced with rethinking their value proposition to the workforce as they look to defend against that, you know, that plays into things like total reward strategies, employee mobility. We've got people living coast to coast, working in very dynamic new ways. Certainly extends the conversation of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it's compounded with new care delivery models. when we look at things like mental health resources, virtual primary care, and on-site clinics, Where is all of this going? What type of utilization do we see? There are abundant trends to talk about, team. Let's dive into a few.
0: Vanessa, that doesn't sound complex at all. Come on. Come on. Nothing to
1: think about. We've got it.
0: And I think it's just an incredible amount of time and, and energy and resources that our clients are being asked to do and reconsider in already a crazy time. But hey, now we're having to rethink the way that we deliver benefits to our employees. That's that's one of the big things that we're kicking out from the trend study was that a lot of people are just looking for better comp and better corporate benefits or maybe a better work-life balance. And we're seeing probably in in what I've seen in my history, some of the more unique things impact employers and the things that they're doing to build a, a culture that supports them. Jared, you have to have a, have a couple of funny ones that you've come across.
2: No, it, I mean, it's it's been crazy just to see employers trying to react to you, you talked about it right off the top, Vanessa, the great resignation, right? And how employers are trying to navigate this trend that's going on. I, I read a recent study one month in fourth quarter of 21, over 4.2 Americans resigned from their jobs in that's one single month. less than month. five
0: people? <laughs> Not
2: 4.2, maybe 4.2 million? 4.2 million. Yes, yeah, sorry. Okay. 4.2 million. <laughs> I, I didn't finish that thought there. But 4.2 million Americans resigned from their job in one single month. It's amazing. And how employers navigate that and how employers combat that and stop that from happening to them so that they're not a part of that great resignation. And you you talked about it, Adam, how they offer employee benefits is a way that employers are trying to combat that. I think that that's something that right off the bat, we could jump in and talk about for our listeners for a little bit is how, or what we're seeing some creative things that employers are doing to combat that.
1: Well, hands down, we'd be denying the fact that comp isn't a big factor, right? And of course, we're seeing people jump ship, make changes, and comp definitely plays into it. But it's not just financial. All the more studies that we read and the, you know, day-to-day that we live, eat, breathe with our clients, we see that it's much, much more than just your comp package. It's your culture. It's what you're doing to meet their team members where their needs are. It's that level of customization. It is no longer a one-size-fits-all expectation in this marketplace. We've got employers out there that are you know, day one, new employee, here's your sweet new gift card, go buy yourself a pair of tennies. And the only requirement is they have lime green in it because that's our corporate (laughs) color, right? Like, what a fun way to start with a new company. But now you're just seeing that, you know, sky's the limit of creative trends and it's not just for techies anymore. They used to lead the charge, they continue to, uh, but we're seeing these trends catapult across all industries and employers of all shapes and sizes. I think it really has led itself to the rise of lifestyle flex accounts. Adam, we were talking about this. What are you seeing in that space?
0: Just meet people where they are, right? You have an incredible shift from maybe just a traditional flex spend to a dependent care to buy those colorful tennis shoes to maybe have at weights at home or uh, something to have personally feel like it's for that employee. So those lifestyle accounts really uh, allow for that. Um, and I think it also speaks to the, the culture. Like we also, uh, to kind of tout another, Podcast that we just did here in January of 22 with Powell Brown, our CEO. He talks about that culture and helping build that success. That kind of in addition to that comp, you're doing things to help build recognition and work, build a culture of caring. Uh, Could be from day one when somebody starts to have them be embodied and embedded into the culture from day one so they know what this organization is about and have that repeated. Uh, I know we see a lot of different organizations from the C suite down. Have that message shared could be weekly, could be monthly, but that repetitive kind of overlay of what we're fighting for and serving and how we help our customers—that that that helps to keep uh, telling over and over.
1: I think it really speaks to the fact that what is demanded of leadership in the current environment is new level, right? It's communication, it's new channels, it's meeting people in new facet, new fashions and facets through yeah. that through these transformations, right? Not only in what you deliver, but how you meet their needs at an individual level. It is quite interesting and dynamic as we watch it play out.
2: Well, you you talked about the lifestyle spending accounts and the being the flexible and they're no longer just tech industries that are offering these creative and innovative benefits. We have a blue collar client that we work with, a customer that they wanted to get innovative on the way that they attract and retain talent. And so they offered this lifestyle spending account and one of the because you can, as an employer, you can basically write the script of how you implement this benefit. One of the things that they allow for, being a blue-collar company, is you can go out and buy a hunting license with this. You can go out <laughs> and buy ammunition. You can go and buy certain things that are attractive to that demographic. And it was a wildly successful offering that they provided to their employees. Um, Adam, you mentioned it. Stay at home is not just for work anymore. These lifestyle spending accounts allow you to go out and buy gym equipment so that you can have your gym in your garage and you don't have to leave your home to not only work, but you can work out at your home now. So just some creative things that we're seeing employers do to meet their employees where they are and help them attract and retain talent. Well, it ties back to a big push that we
0: saw too with, with where people who are, when you're listening on this, this podcast, you might be on an office, you might be at home, more people are shifting again, maybe back to the home or been at home for a while. Uh, let talk about the ergonomics, right? You've been at home with your makeshift desk in many situations and your books piled no. up to align your camera at a reasonable level. Uh, I mean, we're doing unique things, but that doesn't mean that we're setting up our body for success uh, as we work at home and, and likely continue to work in either a hybrid model or in a full-time remote status. So what we're seeing a lot of employers really do is embody that for 2022 and, and dive into having those discussions, uh, not just once a year but have that ongoing, almost like an employee review. How's your How's your employee setup? Does that support your physical uh, and maybe even mental or spiritual health based off what your focus is and helping to uh, stay focused to be serving clients and doing the good work that you can do?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head too that this is no longer just a benefit, right? It is a suite that it looks to extend more of a broader reward strategy that meet your team members wherever they're, desires are because we don't all think the same speak the same like the same things we may approve or disapprove of of you know any end of that spectrum but the reality is we have a right to right our own preferences and that's definitely playing out in some of the latest benefit trends i think what we're also seeing is that employers are starting to go away from a one size fits all a lot of these bolt on you know, maybe it's mental health or well-being solutions in the marketplace in general where they're paying a fat PEPM and they're using this as a more a la carte solution and you can trend it through that vehicle. So if it matters to that team member and it's meaningful, they'll allocate their dollars there. You'll likely see a higher utilization rate for that population driving true outcomes in different ways. So there's definitely a a dialect to that piece too. When we talk about mental health, well-being, customized solutions, and true, you know, equity and inclusion initiatives, right, playing into this trend in particular.
0: The employees of our clients are really smart, and I think most people look at this stuff when you buy a benefit package or you support a certain area of the benefit plan. Uh, we often say it's the value is kind of what you get versus what you pay. Uh, we dive that into the virtual system that's just boomed in 2020 and 2021 and and saw copays drive to many times zero for a basic virtual visit, which an, a good consumer is looking at going, man, instead of going to the doctor or maybe risking the ER, I have the ability to have that same level of care, sometimes even more enhanced, less time, less exposure. Uh, and, and it just ties back to those employees who are looking at that. And I think that's where, Vanessa, to your point, that leadership is being challenged. Uh, in unique ways to not just put out a service. And maybe not just one service, maybe it's multiple services to meet people where they are. And kind of touching on the brown and brown world, like in that mental health space, we've got a lot of different opportunities to engage in that. And I think those different platforms um, help individuals. And so maybe that's the push to not just have one and you don't need to buy multiple, but maybe you want to look at different ways to reach employees and their families.
2: Well, I think also, I mean, Adam, building on that, the del- the delivery of care model has changed and it continues oh, yeah. to evolve. I think one of the things that, um, and it leads into part of the trends that Vanessa referenced at the beginning, of trends that we're seeing in uh, delivery of medical benefit, pharmacy benefits, and things like that. One of the trends that I like and am following closely is virtual primary care. Because for the longest time, telemedicine was you pick up the phone, talk to a healthcare provider on the other end, if you needed something, they would write a prescription for you. It's kind of that one-time visit, and then it was done and gone. Um, but now the virtual primary care is something that you can establish a relationship either over video conference, over telephonic conference, whatever you, your preference is, and then visit with that same physician again and again in that same matter to build up that rapport that you need with your provider. And doing that over a virtual setting, that's a trend that I think is going to change the delivery of care for people. It's going to change a trend. This wouldn't have happened without COVID. This wouldn't have happened without what we've gone through for the last two years. But now people are more willing to have their care managed in this way. And it's going to be a much more cost-effective manner for employers and a way more, I guess, effective way for me as an employee to go see my primary care physician. Just awesome trend that I see going forward. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, ultimately we're talking about is the same thing we led with. We're looking to meet team members where their preferences are. Some want to access and navigate the healthcare system the way they always have. Others want it to speak to what they're comfortable with in this new virtual world. So, what you're describing is absolutely extending new forums of care and still looking to build on a primary care model, right? Building that relationship, getting to know that uh, individual and, and that or physician model best to best serve the needs of that team member. So I think we there was a stat, you know, what, 58, 60% of large employers are looking to deploy an advanced primary care model in 22, and virtual care is leading that charge, right, for many of them. But understanding the objectives of that model or who's deploying that model is equally important, right? Um, what are their billable, right, charges going to be deemed at? How will we structure properly incentivize and or layer new copays to serve that based on those billing practices that are also morphing as we speak. Right, Lots of layers on the back end.
0: Well, it's fun to watch the vendors in that market space too like my wife and I joke that we've got three lovely daughters and we have one son. His name is Amazon because Amazon is at our house daily. And what why I joke about Amazon is that they've really entered. I'm glad that virtual... I'm not alone in that, Adam. Oh, yeah, that makes
1: three of us. <laughs> it's
0: just amazing. But you, I mean, just think about how they've been infused into different marketplaces. Could have been the, their pharmacy deliverable that is going to keep building based off their more recent virtual primary care solution that started as a an internal support for their amazon employees and now it's booming to i forget the exact amount of states in the beginning of 2022 here but uh moving west to east and hitting new markets and really i think going to spread more uh, knowledge and hopefully drive either more competition or let's be really honest what they do very much is drive costs down based off that competition so i think we have a lot of good vendors and partners in that space and just based off their market size and and growth pattern um it's going to really help and i think what they've At least what I've seen with their delivery so far, uh, like others, is really to help people not just have a system that you pay PEPM for, but you have something that's engaging and you're going to get utilization off of that actually matters. So I think we've all seen things in the past where you pay X amount of dollars and you're like, what am I paying this money for? And and now we're shifting away to let's put, put the money where the mouth is.
1: We're also seeing that transition to genetic-based counseling models and very different, right, primary care models that are leveraging kind of the the East and Western medicine principles. Mm-hmm. Um, some would look at that. So again, other trends to watch, who's going to cover, who's not, and what layers within.
2: One of the trends you mentioned with Amazon changing the delivery of prescription drugs, prescription drugs in general. I mean, I think that that is a trend that we can't hide from. It's not going anywhere. The cost of prescription drugs is is running crazy. And so how employers manage that is something that we are constantly navigating with our, with our customers and trying to help them be more efficient in that delivery of care. Because it is, when you look at trend, that's the largest trend for healthcare spend is the pharmacy side of it. And all the different specialty medications that are coming about. I mean, you can't joke around. You can't call them orphan drugs anymore because- they're not orphans. There's too many of them. So how employers navigate that I think is something that we have to be aware of and we have to talk about and have to talk about regularly. Employers have to talk about it and be more creative about some of the trends we're seeing and constantly seeing. I guess it's not even a trend anymore because it's just a regular occurrence is the carve out of your pharmacy benefit manager. Um, How are you handling your PBM? What is the most effective? Is it to carve in or carve out? Constantly evaluating that for our customers.
1: Yeah, we're definitely seeing evolution in that space. I mean, the number one critique, right, of our criticism of, of a traditional carve out environment could very well be the lack of integration with that J code pharmacy management and the medical based setting, because you're losing a lot, right, when it comes to uh, discounts and the like, potentially. But we're seeing that morph, right? We are seeing some ways or solutions, newfound ways or solutions to work through that. So again, be careful, right? Navigate well and and make sure you're looking deep under that hood. But certainly more options and opportunities than ever before to control spend, to make sure you're leveraging full um, rebate conversations dialogue. Total Rx costs are a big puzzle, right? Unwind for many employers.
2: You're you're exactly right, Vesna, because carving out the PBM is not right for every single employer out there. That would be ignorant of anyone to say, but it is something that I think people have to evaluate. And you have to be, I I love how you point out, you have to be very careful when you're doing that because you can get yourself into a a bigger mess by carving out than you really, is it going to cost you more? So,
1: yeah, I mean, sadly, we've seen some very successful uh, solutions or or come into right scenarios where there's been a carve out environment with significant concerns and others that are very, very well managed. So it is, um not a road to be taken lightly but absolutely a trend that if you're not peeking under the hood at your rx program as a whole there are many layers you need to truly understand and navigate that is absolutely another trend as we head into 2022 here that I believe most um, mid and up market employers will be continually evaluating, right? It's not a one and done, it's a continuation, it's an audit, It's the marketplace is changing rapidly. Specialty meds are continually on the rise, they're expanding to gain more and more approvals for conditions beyond what they were initially, right, prescribed to treat and we will continue to see a rise most likely on that average 1.4% bill rate. And that has an impact on total cost of care to a health plan.
0: We saw that even impact in and, and, and an office meeting met with one of our key stop-loss providers. And, and more than ever, their least perception to the loss ratio and how they're performing is much of which driven off the specialty drug. And and what we're seeing constantly with industry education are these top 10 new drugs. and And I think we all see those, none of them are under a half million dollars and some are Two, three, four, five million dollars. So it's a pretty scary time. That those that are reinsuring the upper end uh, creates opportunities, creates questions, uh, creates a discussion around lasers or even captives. And there's some good partners and people that I know are in there. Jared, you shared a story that was interesting to me on uh, a carved out vendor that created just more visibility that was not there for that vendor, for that partner and customer. It really helped in a unique way that was not uh, not there. So I would agree. I don't know if in that situation, Jared, if anything to build on that just seemed like a good win for them, maybe not for everybody, but for that client in particular.
2: No, you're exactly right. They The particular client had rising costs on their specialty medications. And so, obviously, our job as a consultant is to help them find solutions. So we evaluated all the options, and it did make a lot of sense to them, for them to go to a particular carve-out PBM. The reason why this particular PBM worked for them was some of the programs that they helped them to navigate the specialty medications, whether it was with patient assistance programs, which helps completely eliminate the cost of that specialty medication, not only from the member, but also from the plan sponsor. And so they were able to take about 30% of the total specialty medication cost completely off of their plan spend, which was dramatic for that. When you're spending over a million dollars just in specialty medications on an annual basis, and you can remove 30% of that. It was a huge, huge win for the client. But that, again, to, to that point, it's not right for every single employer out there, but there are options out there to evaluate. There are things out there that are popping up every day to help navigate this. And just finding the right solution for, for each employer is the unique thing that we get to deal with on a daily basis.
1: Obviously, we have listeners of all shapes and sizes and industries. The good news is, and what's universal for all, is there's more and more transparency on the horizon. Right, and It's at your fingertip. You can't see me, but I'm holding up my phone, right? It it is something that is increasingly becoming uh, uh, more readily available on demand. There's certainly been a history of, can you trust the data? They're not disclosing proper discounts. So be careful where you get your data. But there are some fun new trends that leverage technology that really do make decision-making more meaningful, right? With potential ROI to a program. Now, of course, this brings us back to our broader trend to watch, right? We're on the heels of two years now of COVID pandemic state where we've had employers, whether they're fully insured or self-funded, that have had an artificial suppression of claim activity, right? Some won quite significantly in that environment. What does that mean for trend as we look to the future? There are many, many factors and there's you know many unknowns still, of course, alike. We've seen a rebound in standard care, right, and cost of care that's amplified by trend, but we've also seen the cost of, you know, new vaccine administration, testing costs, where that's going with latest legislation being with coverage um, under that plan, therapeutics. Uh, there's certainly the, the foresight of potential additional variants that may or may not be um, more dynamic, uh, and what does that mean to healthcare spend alike? Regulatory landscape is absolutely playing into some of this trend that we're, we're monitoring closely as we head into 2022 now, and certainly inflation plus standard medical and Rx trend is a factor we need to note. Um, we do see some, you know, diminished value of static levers such as copays, deductibles out of pocket max, specific stop loss, and providers, of course, on the flip side, attempting to re- recoup Lost revenue uh, through increases. So there's a lot of factors as we look to 2022 and beyond that are impacting right claim forecasts on both medical and Rx. Quite frankly,
0: I read there's. I mean, we talk about inflators and deflators of of cost, either driving up or down. Openly, I thought in 2021, I thought we'd have a bigger rebound of cost, and I think many of our employers still saw that shift down from what the projection might even be. So welcome to the unknown of 2022 here right? and who knows what's going to actually happen. I I think that the, the biggest either cost or impact to also serve the personal needs of our employees and their, their families uh, are, are kind of that uh, deferred care for chronic conditions that still persists. And the bigger ones that at least I'm seeing are tied back to cancer care that could mm-hmm. either be pre-identifying or continually checking in as well as uh diabetic or pre-diabetic services. So what we're finding is a lot of population health vendors or partners in that space really are are, are needed right now to help yeah. create conversations that are just th- are not being had.
1: Absolutely. You know, again, you hit the nail on the head. There's certainly inflators and deflators impacting, right, where we see these dollars flowing into uh, healthcare costs on the horizon. You know, moving to 2022 trend as a whole, Siegel is, of course, reporting a projected trend of 7.3% for medical, 8.4% on pharmacy. Again, uh, they're assuming COVID is going to have a more minimal impact on 2022 cost, but certainly there's uh, many factors related to inflated price of goods and services playing out here. Again, time shall tell, but early projections um, on the horizon.
0: On your phone, that was giving you transparency and data, Vanessa, does it have a magic eight ball as well?
1: would that be great?
2: I was going to say that the, the job of an underwriter right now, I do not envy them because trying to <laughs> figure out trend for individual employers is it's a challenge. I mean, they're they're trying to look at numbers and say, okay, are we going to see an inflator or a deflator? Are we How do we average this out? How do we normalize the numbers that we've seen over the last 24 months? And it's it's no small task for, for any underwriter to be able to get it right. I think the stop loss market has been one of the biggest challenges that are trying to navigate that as they've Try to pinpoint what each individual organization's trend is going to look like. We've seen stop loss numbers all over the board. It's been crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly, I think that speaks to the fact that there's absolutely regional, right? And, you know, industry specific inflators that we've seen take new levels, right? As as COVID's played out in their organizations.
0: Well, I think in the brown and brown world, we often use the term risk pool, right? We're understanding who's in our plan. Um, for those that might not know it and what the suggestion might be is that you have this risk pool that's constantly evolving. Those are people that either take your plan or maybe don't take your plan. They don't take your plan. You want to understand why. You want to understand maybe the pre-enrollment, what they did and what happened after enrollment. So that constant, maybe not just once a year renewal, but maybe more of an ongoing reality of who your population is as you either uh, grow or maybe go through some challenges.
1: Yeah. I mean, from a trend perspective, I I think we'd be you know kidding ourselves if we didn't think employers would still benefit from looking at new ways of packaging and positioning their total reward strategy. I mean, that, I do think the trends we've just talked about have really continued what we've always said. Everyone's looking for a golden ticket. The reality is we haven't seen a golden ticket to stop or truly shift some of this other than best managing your risk pool, right? Designing a program that achieves your goals. But those goals are what are also shifting as we're looking to recruit, to retain, Talent in this marketplace, so very, very interesting. You know, we we continue to see a pulse point on value and reference based pricing, ICRa models. Uh, we touched on carve out PBMs. I do anticipate, depending on the market, you'll continue to see many of these trends. Some of them, in fact, are morphing and transitioning to be maybe different than they were in the past because they're leveraging technology in new ways. So long short is the fun never ends, right? And I think we have a lot of fun on the horizon as employers are getting more and more creative and rethinking beyond just the walls of traditional benefits uh, when it comes to combating the The great resignation trend in the market. So
2: I think we all have twisted minds if we can sit here and say that combating (laughs) these things is fun, Vanessa.
1: Well, you know, this is what we do and what we love, Jared.
2: No, I know. I'm just teasing you.
1: (laughs) No, you are right.
0: I have to share two other just quick things that I saw on the great resignation, just different ideas was the boom of escape rooms. No idea. I wouldn't have thought of that, but put people together creates teammate or uh, culture and productivity and. Uh, I just really enjoyed that one, plus the boom of sleeping pods. Of so, all are
1: things. you suggesting that our new benefits package should have an annual or like a monthly escape room <laughs>
0: experience?
1: Is it, that could nice. it could be either uh,
0: Hunger Games or it could be productive. <laughs> and uh, I'm thinking more of the positive side. So,
2: so, I was I was at a corporate event <laughs> recently, and a bunch of people were going out to a bar after the event, and these two teammates of ours decided they were going to go to an escape room. I didn't realize how popular they were, but they decided not to go out with the rest of the group, but they went to an escape room. So Adam, that...
1: Well, that's a true definition of escaping. Some
2: other <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> and after some time at the bar, who knows how that
1: either <laughs> <sure> <laughs> been better
0: or was more of a challenge. I
2: don't know if they were but... escaping our friend Dave Ross or if they were trying. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dave's getting picked on. Oh, yeah. too well, We all love Dave. Oh, good team. Well, you know, speaking of escaping, I think we do have to escape to our next episode. But I appreciate all of our listeners excited. For what's to come in 2022 with all of you. And thank you for tuning in. Talk soon.